0: And uh, t- this morning I want to bring to you, I- I'm going to preach a little bit different because I- I'm going to preach a whole chapter to you. Don't panic, that doesn't mean it's going to be that much longer. I'm going to try to prove Pastor Suber wrong after he mentioned that I know how to speak for a while, he said. But I, I do believe that the Lord laid in my heart... um really beginning last Sunday morning before our service drop the message into our heart. And so Paul Wisebro is going to help me here in a minute, and he's going to read some scripture, and I'm just going to stop him as we go through it a little bit. But I want to kick off this message today because I believe that God spoke to one of our individuals in our church last Saturday night before our service on Sunday this individual had a dream. And this individual has been known in the past to have dreams that then play out for our church. And uh, they are not a very vocal member of our church, but we're in before church getting ready and, and Elena's doing her thing on the computer and I'm getting the sound and the thing and the praise team's up here and people are coming in. And so this person shared, Their dream with me Saturday night for Sunday, they didn't have a clue what it meant, but they've had dreams before where it triggered something and down the road it played out for us. And uh, so this person shared this, and something stuck in my spirit, and I didn't have the time to analyze the dream. In fact, I forgot. Everything except for one word of the dream, and so I emailed them this week. I said, you've got to email me what that dream was because it has something to do with my message for the new thing in the church. And so they emailed me this uh, dream that they had on last Saturday evening, and they didn't understand it. But I'm going to kick off my message by sharing with with you this dream that this individual had. And this was the dream that they had. A woman is in the hospital and gives birth to octuplets. Hello. She walks out of the hospital, abandoning her newborns. And a hospital worker turns to me and asks, didn't you want children? How many can you take with you today? We need to find people to take the babies home and raise them immediately. I took one myself, as I noticed others taking one or two. I knew that I had nothing at home that would accommodate a baby, but knew I had to do it and figure it out as we went. Also, we knew that on this occasion, we didn't need to go through the normal adoption process in any way. And the dream ended. And something stirred in my spirit when this person shared it with me. And I have been thinking about it this week. And when you tie it together with what God did last week, there is something that is new. Remember Pastor Subra? I watched it again last night and and him in his wild suit. One of these days I'm going to wear a suit like that just to freak some of you out. I don't know that they even sell that kind of suit in Minnesota. I'll have to go to Austin to get it. But he he did it this way, and he just has his way, but he put his hands right here. Just like that, and he says, this church is at that tipping point, that we're not going to be able to go back to anything that we've ever done before because everything's getting ready to be brand new. And he said, if you will allow God to just continue to push you over that tipping point, we will step into something new and powerful and anointed. And so as I'm watching this again last night, and I'm watching him put his hand on the pulpit right there, it's something inside of me said, okay, now you can think about this dream a little bit more. And so I began to ask God, just kind of speak to me, and, and I can't tell you that God said this is the meaning of the dream, but I do believe that there are principles that apply to where we're at. Did you know what the number eight means in Scripture? it means new beginnings (laughs) new creation he rested on the seventh day which means the eighth day had to be something brand new eight souls were saved in the ark to start something new and all through scripture there's all kinds of opportunities Pick your mic up, Paul. See if it's that one over there. There's all kinds of things in Scripture that have to do with the number eight that deal with new beginnings. And and, and when this dream came out, I think that's what triggered in my mind even though at the time I had forgotten what the number eight means. And and so as I began to look at this, it says this. The dream said there was a woman who had octuplets. That's eight, in case you didn't know what octa meant. Octa, eight kids, the new beginnings. But here's what was intriguing about it. What was intriguing about it was that another person gave birth to it, but they didn't stick around to see it come to fruition. Dare I say that there are some things that the former generation of this church, pregnated by the presence of God, have birthed in the soul of this church, Things that were done before we came along in the heart of God, maybe even before 1996, when they had their first family meeting in this area for this church. It may have been a long, long time ago in the heart of God that somebody prayed, somebody birthed something. And and my friend, I believe that there is a brand new thing that was birthed a long time ago, and God has just been waiting for somebody that was willing to take the new baby. And so the hospital workers, are you willing? You want to have children. Listen, you want to be used of God. You want to be part of the kingdom. You want your ministry to flourish. You want your life to become significant. You're wanting, and God is saying, it's already in the house. Will you be willing to just take it with you? And what I felt last Sunday was a great big embrace of that which is new but the dream didn't stop there. <laughs> they said they took them. Even though they knew that they had nothing at home that could accommodate a baby, but knew I had to do it and figure it out as I went. Can I just tell you? I wish God gave me that next hundred steps. He hasn't. He's given us one. Receive the child and walk away from the hospital And when you get into your private time, figure out what God is doing and begin to embrace it and begin to absorb it and begin to raise it and cultivate it and measure it and begin to pray over it and fast over it and love on it and be merciful to it and be graceful to it. Because that child that was born last Sunday is going to grow immeasurably through the word of God, the power of God. Now, lest you think I'm preaching a whole message based off of a dream, we're going to go to the Bible. Because I believe that God lined up the scripture for us so that we would come to an understanding. I don't know yet. We're going to grow in this together, we're going to experience it together. And so my challenge to you is don't run when it gets tough. Don't cower in a corner when the enemy raises his head. Recognize that you don't know what you're doing yet, but you're following the one that does. Listen, I, I got to thinking, and we're getting ready to read out of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul's going to read for us. In just a second, thank you, sir. And, and and I got to thinking about this. I don't know about you, I was 33 years old when Owen was born. And uh, it, was, it was a great day. March 28th was my mom and dad's anniversary. They drove all the way to Kansas City. He was supposed to be born on April 1st, but we talked the doctor out of it. Because we knew that he was going to be a C-section because of her diabetes. So we were able to plan which day he was going to be born. And she bumped somebody else. or so some other child that was born on April Fool's Day paid the price for the doctor to bump and move us up. I wasn't raising no fool. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> and, uh, but I remember we got released from the hospital... St. Mary's in Blue Springs, Missouri, and we took him home, and he screamed bloody murder for hours. I mean, hours. And, and so it, it's nighttime, it's bedtime, and he is screaming at the top of his lungs and we've tried to give him a bottle and he sucked it down like that and he screamed some more my wife was in tears I wish I could tell you that our first response was to fall on our knees before God and say God help us figure this out but it wasn't The first response was, call Mama Smalley. It was like 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock. Thankfully, they only lived about five miles away. And when she answered the phone, she heard Owen screaming in the background. And you want to know what her first statement was? Feed the kid. That's my terminology, but that's what she said. He's hungry. And we were like, well, we gave him what the nurse said. The nurse has no idea. Just give him some food. We haven't stopped giving him food for 18 years. I said that to say this. We had no clue what we were doing, but we knew he was sent from God. We knew he was sent from God because he knew the desires of our heart and that the doctors have told us that we would never have children. But we had desired to have a child. We even had a child that was lined up to be adopted, but that child passed away... days before we went to virginia to pick donovan up and so we had the closet already ready we had the nursery already ready and when we when we lost donovan we began to pack up the closet and god told one of these two ladies i can't remember who he was talking to then but said don't put it away leave the space create the space because god wants to do something And it was just a couple short years after 10 years of marriage that we took a test in St. Cloud, Minnesota while we were on family vacation, and we looked at the pregnancy test, and here's what we said then. I'm telling you how ignorant we were. We looked at it, and you could identify it with the box. I said, but that wasn't good enough. Here's what I said. I didn't go to my knees in prayer then either. I said, let me go talk to my sister. She would had four. I figured she knew what she was talking about. So we called Jen into the hotel room. We said, this is it. What does it say? She smiled. She goes, yeah, this is it. Listen, some of you have received promises from God in years past, and you haven't seen it come to fruition yet. Can I just tell you? that there is some uh, uh, prophecies over my head that have not come to pass yet? Listen, and, and unless God has something in store for me, it's going to have to come to pass through Spirit of Grace Church. And what that prophecy is, I've just got to tell you, is that there's coming a day, according to what Mitty Kelly said while she was standing in the praise team in Dover, Delaware, and looked at me and said, there's coming a day, young man, when you will preach to thousands in one sitting I've preached to thousands over the years and my tapes have gone out and people have watched online, but that wasn't the prophecy. The prophecy was you're going to preach to thousands in one sitting. I haven't seen that come to pass yet. Do I try to work it out so that it does? No, 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 no. All I know is this. There is something that has been birthed in me by the almighty hand of God and I am just waiting for the fruition of it. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't I don't know what it's going to feel like. I don't know what I'm going to have to feed it. I don't know any of that, but it's going to happen. Oh, my. And it's happening in this church. I can't quite get to the scripture yet. You're going to have to help me here today. When the original bro- ground was broken in this church... This was BT, before Tim. I was nowhere to be found. This had nothing to do with me. This had to do with the heart of this church and what God planted in this church. But the moment that happened when they broke ground... I don't even know who the lady was, but she picked up the shovel and she took out the dirt. And when she began to flip it over, her prophecy over this church was, as many different colors that are in this soil, let it be raised up in this church. And here's what I know. Is you turn over any clump of dirt, you're never going to be able to count the granules. You're never going to be able to pinpoint, I'm sorry, Randy, you can't count it. There's coming a day where we can't keep track. There's coming a day where people are going to come from all over. There's going to be a day when God begins to move in people's hearts, and all we can do is say, here is Jesus. The new thing is I believe That prophecy is getting ready to begin to be fulfilled. It's already started. I keep using the wrong terminology, but it's going to blow our minds. There's going to be Liberians coming to God. There's going to be Nigerians coming to God. There's going to be smallies coming to God. There's going to be Hmong people, white people, orange people, crippled people. I don't care who it is. Whosoever will, let him come unto the well of living water. second corinthians chapter three help me out paul start at verse number one
1: do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you ye are our epistle written in our hearts known and read of all men for as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle
0: manifestly declared Oh, my God. I don't know how it's going to be a John 14 kind of deal. I may not get to the end of this message. We may have part two next week. Listen, for as much, he's talking to the church people in the city of Corinth, and he says, for as much as you are manifestly declared, you've got to understand what those two words mean. Manifestly declared. I'll tell you what the declared means first and I'll come back to the manifestly in a second but do you understand that the word of the Lord has been released over us and declared over us so that it would go into us so that it would come out of us let me just tell you that as you, the believer not just the preachers but the believers begin to speak the word of God that's planted on the inside of you you are declaring the things of God let me tell you There's coming a day, I hope somebody grabs this. I hope somebody grabs this and runs with it but there's coming a day when a family member, a friend, a co-worker asks you a question and you're not going, well let's set up a meeting with pastor. You just begin to open your mouth and to declare the word of God in the authority and the dimension of the power of God. Don't misunderstand me, we're here to help wherever we can, but God is trying to take it out of the pastorate and put it into the people so that the people that touch other people can change other people. Declared. But here's what excites me even more the word manifestly. Let me put it to you in these terms. 1 Timothy chapter 3, it said this God was manifest in flesh. God was manifest in flesh. God was revealing himself to you and I in the man Christ Jesus. When we see Jesus, he said in John chapter 14, he that has seen me has seen the Father. When I look at Jesus, I see him. But here's the exciting thing. He said this, you are many members of what? one body. Whose body are we members of? We are members of the body of Christ so that when you begin to be seen by others, you are going to be revealing almighty God to those who don't know him yet. Manifestly declared. I I know that doesn't register Uh, but, but let me just tell you this. When you sit down at the restaurant and your waitress or waiter comes over to take your order, they're going to see you, and it doesn't matter what you're wearing. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. There's going to be something that looks different about you, and they are going to register a question in their minds. Can I just tell you, if you will just be bold enough to step out and say I don't know where you're going or what you're doing, but I want you to know, Jesus loves you. Oh, you are manifestly declared. It's happening. It's happening. Go ahead, Paul, continue, please.
1: For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, Not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Our
0: sufficiency is of God. Did you notice that? He's not looking. People are not looking for a discourse. They're not looking for a thesis statement. They're not looking for an essay. They're not looking to read a book about something. They are looking to experience him. Can I just tell you, you may not know Genesis from Revelation, but if you've had an experience with God, when you come into contact with somebody else, that living spirit that has attached itself to you isn't for you alone. It's to reach out and to touch somebody else. And you say, well, I don't know how to do it, and I can't do it. That excuse no longer applies to you. Because that's your old. We're in the new. You have been prepared. You have been empowered. You have been equipped with the power and the presence of Almighty God to begin to touch other people's lives. (laughs) Oh, let's go and see how far we can get. Verse 6,
1: who has also made us able ministers of the New Testament.
0: Stop. told you we might not get far. He has made you able ministers. I, I don't know why I'm hitting this so hard. I don't know if just in the 35 years of ministry, it's just gone over and over and over with people saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. Listen, I can't doesn't apply. I won't applies. If you really want to figure something out, you're going to figure something out. If you really want to make a change, you're going to make a change. So what is withholding you from being an able minister of God? Simply you don't want it. Oh, yeah, you might give lip service to it. You may say, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, I want to be effective. I want to be used. But you don't use it because you don't think you're worth. Listen, he dealt with that last weekend. Here's the thing. In the church world, we have somehow, whether it be through teaching, preaching, osmosis, I don't know how it's happened, but it has got into us that we think our past affects our future. We think that. Well, how can I ever how can I ever be a women's leader when I don't like women? Now I'm 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 reporting words that I have heard. Not that I have experienced. And not necessarily words from my wife, but from other ladies. I have listened to some people and they would rather work in an office full of men than they would a bunch of ladies. I don't get it. You're just cleaning up after the guys all the time. I don't don't understand that. I, I don't Pastor, I couldn't talk to young people. I have no relation to young people. I can't relate to that. I, I can't talk to somebody that doesn't know anything about church. I, 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 don't know. I don't know enough about church to share. I'm so new in this thing, I don't know what the book of Genesis actually is. I don't know what the New Testament, Old Testament is. I, I listen to you preach and teach, and, and I'm picking up on some of it. But, but I, really, I couldn't sit down and talk to somebody about it. They're not looking for you to. They're looking to have something inspire them to become different than what they are right now. And each person in this house is not the same as you were. You may not have all the knowledge yet, but you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You have been transformed by the power of his word. You are a new creature in Christ. Now now, now here's the reason why I say that. I'm done, Paul. We'll pick it up next week. I had all kinds of intentions. But here, here's the thing. Let me speak to our chain breaker people. I'll even keep my eyes closed. So you don't know who I'm talking about. Better watch my step though. Uh, we get this mindset somewhere in the psychology of what is known as the recovery ministry. We get this mindset that we also always have to be aware of what we were. And so we get into a meeting and we say, I'm an alcoholic, but I've been sober for 20 years. Okay, here's my question. What happened at the cross? Take it out of alcohol. Take it to anger. I've been angry for so long, I can't get over it. just who I am. Well, what happened at Calvary? I've been jealous my whole life. What happened at Calvary? I've been hateful my whole life. I've done things that you would never dream. What happened at Calvary? Can I tell you, when you found your knees before the cross of Christ, the Bible says it this way, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing and then it goes on to say when you're buried with him in baptism that like as Christ was raised from the dead even so you also should walk in newness of life on the flip side of the cross you are no longer an alcoholic you are a child of the living God washed in the blood sanctified in the spirit You are no longer a hateful individual, but you have the fruit of the Spirit flowing in you. Now listen, I understand that this is a battle. The Apostle Paul wrote Romans chapter 7 to let us know it would be a fight and a battle, but when you get it in your spirit and you get it in your mind, I'm not who I was, but I am who I am. Oh, There's a song out there. I love it. I need to have Trish sing it sometime. I don't even know who it's from but it's it says look what you've done. I was this, but look what you've done. I'm brand new. Can I tell you if you're fighting with a sense of unworthiness, you're fighting the wrong fight. Who do you think you are? God breathed into Adam, and Adam became a living soul. God took Adam and created Eve. And fifth grade class tells us the rest. If God created Adam and Eve, and down the thousands of years, here you and I come, who created you? And my question is this, does he create junk? Then why do you think you are? I asked, who do you think you are? I asked it almost in a sarcastic tone because I really want to know, who do you really think you are that you know better than God? Who do you think you are that you think all of your imperfections God didn't know about. I, I don't know about you, but I just wonder if we get to heaven and we see Jesus, he doesn't have a crooked nose. Uh, he, might be, he might have a gap in his tooth. You see, we get this picture of perfection. Perfection. And our perfection is based off of what Hollywood has told us perfection is. But dare I say to you, perfection is God doing the work. And it doesn't matter what you look like, smell like, think like. It just matters whether or not you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, sanctified by the Spirit, carry the name of Jesus. And when you have all of those wrapped up, you are a new creature in Christ. You are the picture of perfection. Listen, somebody needs to get in the mirror this week and look yourself right in the face and say, I am perfect. Then put some makeup on. I'm just kidding. I want to close with this and then we'll get back to chapter three next week. Worked out perfect. I had it planned that way. That'll get us to Dr. Brassfield. But there is a scripture in Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20. And and, and I said, and and I I need to close with this because this is where I want to challenge you. Randy taught a great, great message this morning on what is the new now. And I want to challenge you to step into the new thing this week. But you can't just do it nonchalantly. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. That's awesome right there. More than you can even imagine. Dave, a year ago, would you have imagined he had 57 people coming alongside? Spirit of grace, would you imagine that we had to have at least 135? I think we lost track because there's 190 seats down and there wasn't that many empty seats in this house. Would you have imagined 10 years ago? When we kept hitting fifty-five or sixty, and then going back down to forty, and then hitting sixty, and going back to forty, then hitting sixty, and then going back to forty, and, and I know it's not about the numbers, but the numbers represent souls. To see where we're at today. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think. But here is the nugget: it's all conditional. Listen, some of you have gotten swallowed up in the doctrine that God is an unconditional God. The only thing that's unconditional about God is His love in Scripture. It's the only thing. He loves you no matter what, because He is love. But His promises are conditional. If you do this, I'll do that. If you ask in my name, then I'll answer. If, if, if. And Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 has an if in it. Let's just not use the word. But it says this, unto him is it who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to. According to the power that works in us. The Bible says quench not the spirit. But in all actuality, If we don't let the power move in us, God is tied. He is bound up based on His promises. And God has stepped into Spirit of Grace Church over the last nine weeks. And last week, when He was here, as Pastor Suber was preaching, I felt the breaking, not of our chains, not of my bounds or bonds. But what was breaking was the things that we had put around the hands of God. And there has been an expectancy that has risen in the heart of this church. And the higher our expectations, the greater the power that's in us begins to move. And according to that power that's in us, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or even think. So let me just very quickly tell you the word according to is the Greek word "kata." It is a preposition denoting motion or diffusion or direction from the higher to the lower. It's not our power, but it has to move from the higher to the lower so that it releases that which is higher into our lives. The word motion, I just, I got to thinking, why did the Greek scholars put these three particular terms with the word according to, motion, diffusion, direction, direction, until I found out what each word really meant. Motion means this, a change of position and space. Now, some of you laugh, and some of you forget, but how many times have I challenged us to next week come in and sit somewhere different? I don't do that just to do that. When I do that, it makes it hard for Elena to keep attendance because she knows where y'all sit too. But when you move from one position to or another and you begin to change your position, you begin to see things a little bit differently. Can I just tell you, when I look at Dennis and Alicia over here from this direction compared to if I move over to this direction, it's a different view. It's a different perspective. I'm getting a greater view. And according to that greater view, God can begin to do more stuff. But it's up to you and I to move to change our position. Maybe you've only ever reached God by listening to music. I challenge you to pick up the Word of God this week. Change your perspective. Maybe you're like me and you do most of your uh, connecting with God through the Word of the Lord. Change it up a little bit. Spend your time instead of reading and do it in worship. Do it in prayer. Do it in praise. Some of you do it all differently. Just however you do it, change your perspective by changing your position. And see what God begins to do. Diffusion. This one is powerful. Diffusion is the spreading of something more widely, mostly from a higher concentration to a lower. According to the power that worketh in us. Diffusion of the power that worketh in us. Listen, Thursday night, God willing, we're going to actually address John 14, 12 taken me a month to get to verse 12 it's so powerful but verse 12 says this, greater things than I've done that's mind blowing my friend greater than what Jesus did greater than what Jesus did, he has promised us that we would do Now, I can see that that went... And I know why. Because it doesn't make sense that we could do more than our Savior. But you forget who we are as a corporate being. We are the body of Christ. And when Jesus was on the earth, he came face to face with people in one location. But as the body of Christ now, Paul Rashke sees people that I don't ever see. And I see people that he never sees. And there's people that I contact that Dwayne never contacts. And there's people that, that Jeline contacts that, he, I never. And all of a sudden, we're doing greater works where Jesus spoke to one individual. The body of Christ, any moment of the week, any moment of the day, can be talking to thousands. Why? Because we have been manifestly declared to be the epistle of the Lord. And it's more widespread. Can I just give you the last one and then I'm gonna come back just for a moment as I close. Direction. It's the management or guidance of someone or something. How many have prayed, God, just do this, do that? I need this, I need that. We've all prayed that at some point. You haven't fallen asleep on me? I haven't even reached 40 minutes yet. We've all prayed that. But here's the problem. Which direction were you looking when you asked it? Because based on the direction that you were going is how much God could work. According to can I just tell you Pastor Suber made mention of this last week the first time that he was here it almost seems ridiculous we get done with church we get to the restaurant and he goes well, I don't know how much good I did And we looked at him and we said, Are you crazy? He says, What are you talking about? I said, Two people raised their hands and they've never done that. Now, see, some of you don't understand where we've come from because you've come along after we've gotten there. But literally, I, th- that's a literal conversation that we had with Pastor Suber. Because I was raised, and we had both been raised in churches that were like we are now. And so when we came and began to pastor this, it was very difficult because I would get a little bit excited, and this is what I would see. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to blame anybody, but that's what this church was and had become. They had, they had become dried up in the Spirit. They were powerful in the Word. They were deep in the Word. But the Bible says the letter kills and the Spirit gives life. And so that first time that he was here, and I'm sitting there looking back at the 30 people that were there, and a couple people that I had never seen move a muscle began to raise the, And it wasn't like they went like this. It was they went like this. And it lit something in Trish and I because that's what we were praying for. God, just let it begin to happen. Just begin to let it happen. Can I just tell you, it's one of the reasons why we haven't come down on our kids because God help us. If we could ever just get lost in it like the kids get lost in it, there's no telling what God's going to do in here. According to the reason why. The reason why we're here today is because people, you and I that have started in this together in this church since we've been here, those that were before us, those that have come along, we have elevated and we have moved our position. We're no longer just staring and absorbing, but we're engaging and connecting. When the music starts playing, some of you were part of the praise team back then. You remember, you'd start singing a song and it was like you could drop a pin on the ground and hear it at the end of the song. But now we get to the time I'm preaching, my voice is already gone because I've worshipped so hard and I've sung so hard and you've all worshipped. And so, What am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, according to... The power that works in us. This week, do something different. Move. If you pray in your living room, stop praying in your living room and pray in your kitchen. If you pray in your kitchen, stop praying in your kitchen and go to the bedroom. Find someplace different to move your position and your perspective and begin to seek God. When you come across that waitress today at lunch, and I know some of you are already getting hungry, but when you go to leave that tip, leave a little note. Jesus loves you. And make sure it's a good tip. Or don't tell him where you go to church. And I say that in all seriousness. The new thing. Here's the new thing. I'm giving it to you, and it's going to sound very simple. Tricia mentioned the word. I leaned over to Travis. I said she did it again. She gave you my title. My title of this message was simply this. And I know I'm giving it at the end, but you'll remember this maybe. Activate. That's the new. We spent nine weeks preparing Jonathan released us last week from the next to the now to the or to the new to the now. Well, how do we operate in the new? We activate it. We step into the boss's office, close the door, and we just say, "Listen, I give me 10 seconds. I just need to know that I prayed for you this weekend." Can I just tell you what that does? They may not even they may be an atheist. But when you say that, he's able to do, exceeding abundantly, according to the power. you've released it, you've activated. Can I tell you what faith is? Uh, I, I invite you to stand, give you a, a stand up. And, and, and faith is simply and yet profoundly, the activation of the spirit that's in you activate it. Well pastor, I don't know how to activate that. Well, you know how to talk about football? And quite frankly, I've talked to people that think they know about football. They don't have a clue talking about football. They'll talk about it. Bears fans especially I just I just had to get that on video. I just had to get that documented. <laughs> but I say that to say this. Do something different. You've been praying for your kids, but have you just sent them a card? I'm not saying get in their face and preach the gospel and you better repent or you're going to be damned. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying, son or daughter, I was thinking about you. I know we haven't talked lately, but I want you to know that I love you. And then let him who's able to do exceeding abundantly do it. But you've got to activate it. Here's what I want us to pray. If you. Oh. I come up with the stupidest examples. But I'm going to date myself. I'm going to take you back to the mid 70s on a Saturday morning at about 8 a.m. There was a cartoon that I loved. It had all the superheroes before they were really superheroes. Before they had all the Marvel stuff today. And I'm waiting for, I, I'm waiting for Marvel to create this. But how many remember the Wonder Twins? Some of you are getting it. They were these twin, a brother and a sister. And, and their superhero powers was they would reach out their hand and they would touch hands and they would say, Wonder Twin Powers, activate! And the, the guy could become any kind of liquid water, ice, whatever, and the lady could become any kind of animal, and then they would use whatever they became in order to meet the need that was at hand. Listen. I know it sounds crazy and it sounds weird, but here's what I believe. I believe that God has his hand down on us and he's wanting us to touch his hand and say, activate my faith. It's beyond the wonder, twins. This is all about you and Jesus. Would you raise your hands in the presence of the Lord and say and declare to God, God, I will activate your spirit in me. I will activate my faith. I will do something different this week. I will change my position and my perspective. Lord, let it diffuse through me and spread to somebody else. Lord, lead and guide and direct me so that my according to can release you to do that which is exceeding abundantly above all we ask or even think Jesus right now by the authority of your word I speak into every person in this house whether they're new to this church or whether they've been here for years and I ask you God to let there be an activation of the power and the anointing God, I know that in this new thing that you're leading us into, that we have already stepped into, I I know that it's going to take us activating you and releasing you to do what only you can do so that we can see the repercussions of what your anointing does. God, go into every workplace this week and let us be the activation of faith so that you can start blessing that office, so that you can start speaking to that boss. So you can start speaking to that co-worker that's hurting and hungry and struggling and fighting just to keep their eyes above water. I'm asking you, Lord, for a divine anointing of power and activation of the faith of God in us. By the authority of the word of God. The power that's in the blood of the Lamb, let it be done. Let it be done. Now I want to do this and then and then I'll have somebody come and we can dismiss and, and go our ways in the presence of God together. But would you just reach over and put your hand on the shoulder of the next to the person next to you and you just begin to activate your faith? I want you to do something specific. I want you to begin to pray over them what you want to have happen in your life. Well, that doesn't make sense, Pastor. I know it doesn't make sense. Listen, there is a woman today that has a child She's probably 14 or 15 years old now, and she, was, she wasn't supposed to have kids either. And God did this in a church, and my wife laid hands on her and prayed for the child, and next thing we know, she had a baby before us. So she's probably 19 or 20, lost track of time. So begin to pray and activate that thing that you desire. You don't know what God's wanting to do in your neighbor right now. Jesus, I activate my faith. Lord, use me, guide me. God, I want to see people's lives changed. Lord, I want to see people's lives turned towards you. I want the glory of the Lord to be manifest, declared amongst me. I'm asking you, God, to let me be a light. Let me be an aura. Let me be, Lord, God, an epistle written on the hearts of men. Help me, God, to make a difference in somebody's life. God, I pray that you would anoint me from head to toe. And as you anoint me from head to toe, you're going to anoint each person that's being touched today by the authority of the word of God. Consume. Lord, baptize somebody in the power of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to release the past of somebody right now. I'm asking you, Lord, to overcome failure right now. I'm asking you, Lord, to silence the voice of the enemy right now. And I'm asking you, God, to loose the heavenly host that your word says in the book of Hebrews is sent forth as ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. Let the angelic host loose right now, God. Jesus. Jesus. just worship him. Receive his word with some worship. Seal it with a praise. Jesus, I love you. I praise you. I adore you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. may my (sighs) praise god praise god aren't you glad to be a part of the body This family is getting ready to grow. And we're going to celebrate that. But we don't have time to let people take 10 years to grow. So I don't really worry about how long you've been a part of the church just go and be the church you may not understand how to do that just love people be patient and kind be long suffering and gentle and remove the word judgment from your vocabulary because you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what has caused them to get to where they are but you know what can get them to where we are. So you might as well just reach out and touch somebody's life. That old commercial I think it was 18T or something reach out and touch somebody. Find somebody this week to invite to the house of the lord invite them to chain breakers invite them to all different things that we have going on here catalyst on thursday nights if you're 16 to 25 or so and just let god begin to do it as it's activated by our authority and anointing as the body of christ thank you for being here on family day Go
1: in the prayer. We're not dismissing. Just take this with you and let it unload out.